Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. is Alabama now the most attractive head coaching job on the planet in the football world is Alabama tops on your list now man what a difference 24 hours makes huh I honestly never saw Seattle coming we'll hear from Pete Carroll momentarily I say this to you whenever we start Black Monday and the silly season that there's always one surprise, at least one surprise. But this is not one that I ever considered possible. I know some of you had told me that you thought it was time the Seahawks moved on after missing the playoffs for the second time in three years. But they were above 500, and they were still in the mix until week 18. They'd had a quarterback who was injured, and and I know that's not the only factor, There seemed to be a disconnect between the identity that Pete Carroll wanted and the personnel he had or the identity that Pete Carroll wanted and their ability to establish that identity on a consistent basis. This was not the same team that went to the Super Bowls a couple years ago. And and it's not just about the defection of Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll had seen the Seahawks through a couple of different rebuild slash reloading periods. And that includes post Russell Wilson, where last year he was able to guide them to a wild card spot despite the belief that they'd end up as a basement team in the NFC West. By a lot of analysts, a lot of insiders, that was one of his best coaching jobs ever. And now a year later, he's no longer coaching, though it was his expressed desire to remain the coach. It was only two days ago that he told us he had plenty of enthusiasm and energy, a desire to continue coaching the Seahawks. But this was not his choice. This was not his decision to make. As it turns out, it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Good morning to you. It's a Thursday, which means we are now just over 48 hours away from the kickoff to supersized wildcard weekend. It's funny because I saw one listener post on our social media, and I am going to assume he was being somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but in response to the bombshells dropping... The news from both Seattle and Tuscaloosa. His post was, just when you thought there was nothing going on in sports. (laughs) Honestly, this time of the year, and it happens every year because all the teams that are not involved in the playoffs are already working on 2024. They're cleaning house. 
their purging, if you will. And I liken that. Those are the examples that come to mind because of what I'm doing in my house right now. Purging, making piles to donate, throwing other things out, constantly taking out the trash, deciding what to keep, what not to keep, what do I need, what can I live without, what makes my house better now that there's a second person and all his stuff in it. So yeah, I kind of feel like I'm going through the same process that some of these owners in front offices are going through. Where do we purge? Where do we clean house? How can we upgrade? Where can we make a change that's for the better? What a metaphor. That's a good one. It's <laughs> and no similar. one likes to move. <laughs> no one likes to purge. It's a complete crap. <laughs> but this is the NFL's version of spring cleaning, if you will. And so sometimes it takes a little longer. Uh, Marco was mentioning earlier that he was a little taken aback that it's it was Wednesday before this news came out from the Seahawks. And, and I actually think that makes sense. Because, first of all, the dust was settling. Second of all, this was no way an easy decision for the Allen family. There's there's no way that after everything Pete meant to that organization, or means, not even past tense, everything Pete means to the organization, that this was easy for them. You're talking about... Factors that are nonlinear and factors that can't be measured by stats. It's not just about missing the playoffs this year. That wasn't a final nail in the coffin, so to speak. This is Pete Carroll. He's the best coach this franchise has ever seen. May ever see. Although I hope that's not the case for the Seahawks and their fan base. They're very passionate. He's left them in a much better place, similar to Nick Saban. Nick Saban has built a powerhouse in every way possible. The next coach will have every opportunity to to succeed and to continue that tradition. You don't have to be Nick Saban. You just have to win. You don't even have to win at the same rate. But I tend to think of it differently than what a lot of you are. I think Alabama is attractive for that reason. Because it's already a winning tradition. You don't need to build one. It's there. How often do coaches take over reclamation projects or they're starting from the bottom? It's a complete crap. Everything has fallen apart. You take over and it's rubble. Think about some of the, the coaching jobs that are open in the NFL right now. The Carolina Panthers, it's a shambles. Sure, they have a couple of veteran players and they have a very young, raw quarterback. Has he shown some signs? Absolutely. Our friend Mark Ross, who joined us earlier in the show from L.A. and NFL Network, he's a longtime scout and talent evaluator. In fact, won a couple rings with the New York Giants in that capacity. He said what impressed him the most about Bryce is that he survived the season. I knew he missed, was it one game that he missed or two? But for the most part, he's a relatively slight guy. He's not real big. And with a, a horrific offensive line performance in front of him, he still survived. And he was making plays. But for the most part, he felt like Bryce was on his own in a vast wasteland in Carolina. Not to mention you have an owner who is, if not the biggest issue there, he's definitely part of the problem. And so, when you go to Carolina, you're starting over again. 
whether or not you can make the Bryce Young experiment work, well, that may be up to you, but you're going to be evaluated on it. They do not have a winning culture in Charlotte. In Washington, I love Ron Rivera. I love who he is as a man and who he is as a leader. And I do agree with him that he left the commanders in a better place than when he found them. But if you take over as the head coach there, you're starting fresh with new ownership that is essentially beginning again. You take over a lot of times in the NFL and you're walking into a situation where you're expected to build a winning tradition. That is not the case at Alabama. You don't have to build anything. It's built for you. World-class facilities, a passionate fan base, though that comes with high expectations as well. A brand that's nationwide, if not worldwide, the highest profile in college football. All the support and the resources that you could possibly need. And if you come from Alabama, then you're already one of theirs. And I appreciate that about a tradition like the Tide. If you are with the Tide, if you came from the Tide, if you played there or you previously coached there, they already love you. You're already someone special. You're already part of the club or you're part of the family. And so that's one reason why I agree with A.J. McCarron that it needs to be someone who either grew up there at Alabama or who coached under Saban. You don't have to be a, an alum necessarily, but if you coached under Saban, well, then you're part of the family. But yeah, you don't have to do anything except figure out a way to continue these, these traditions, the culture, of course, your own work ethic and your own voice, yes. But you're not walking into a situation that's devoid of culture. Now, nah, the culture's already there. You just have to keep it going. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Derrick Henry, Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama, just turned 30, played for Nick Saban, talking about his former head coach in Tuscaloosa. Nick Saban never quits on his kids. You know, he always gives them above and beyond opportunities, you know, just to help them. You know, just so they can graduate, have an education, and possibly make it to the NFL. But if it's not, you know, their destination, then he definitely wants them to graduate. He never gives up on kids. And you have to be really, 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 you know, undisciplined to not stick to the program. He never gives up on kids. You have to be really, really, really undisciplined to not stick at Alabama. And he mentions multiple times the graduation, the education, yeah, Nick Saban raised the bar really high, but he brought Alabama football, and he brought college football with him. If you wanted to beat the best, well, you had to figure out how to compete with Alabama. He made college football better for that reason. I used this analogy earlier, but it's a little bit like UConn women's basketball. Well, if he can't figure out a way to compete at their level... You were never going to be relevant. And college football is deeper and stronger and more competitive because of Nick Saban, because of the standard and the bar that he set. So again, I think Alabama is really attractive for that reason. 
everything you possibly want or need to succeed is already in place. And if you come from that tradition and you're part of the family, they already love you. So it's not like they're expecting you to be Nick Saban. Nah, they're expecting you to be you. So that job is very attractive. But so is Seattle. And granted, they've got to address their quarterback position. But the culture's there. The fan base is there. The tradition, the consistency, it's there. Pete Carroll was the coach for 14 years. We're not talking about a team that's changed coaches every 10 minutes like the Panthers. And for Pete Carroll, he did express going back to Sunday and even Monday that he wanted to coach. He expected to be the coach moving forward. So this was certainly a disappointment. Since our uh, our last game, um, I had a couple chances to uh, to talk. And, and uh, first, I shared um, my feelings about uh, about our team and uh, about the organization and representing the Twelves and my intentions of staying with the Hawks, man. And that um, that was uh, true to the bone. Hmm. And uh, I want to make sure that that's that's clear as things have shifted so quickly in, in most people's perspective. According to Pete. He competed really hard to keep the job. He didn't go down without a fight, so to speak. He wanted to keep coaching. And so two things. I think the Seahawks did him justice by allowing him to address questions, to address his exit as the head coach on his own terms. Right, Rather than release a statement and say, we've decided to part ways, blah, 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 blah. No, allow Pete to speak. He's earned that. And the room was full of team employees. The room was full of players. The room was full of people who appreciated Pete Carroll. And the other thing that I think is interesting is that at his age, and age is just a number, But you have to be able to communicate. You have to be able to relate and to get the best out of guys in some cases who are 50 years younger than you. It's not an easy feat. I always marveled at the fact that Pete Carroll could do that. And I marvel at the fact that, say, an Andy Reid can do that. Right? We know that Andy Reid is beloved by his players, most of them. I'm sure there are some who don't like him, but whatever. That's what happens when you have a group of 100 people. But Pete and... Nick Saban are the same age. They're 72 years old. He's got guys on his roster who are in their early 20s. That's a gift, but it's also a challenge. And so the fact that at some point your age means maybe that your message is lost or the way that you communicate is so different that the message gets lost in the the mode of communication, there's always those things to consider. And there had been some rumblings. I, I, I don't love this phrase that Pete had lost the locker room. I think it's an easy cop-out way to talk about a coach when he's on the way out. But the Seahawks didn't kick him to the curb. And maybe if he really wanted to coach, he could have gone somewhere else. But it seems as though... After all this time and everything he's invested into the Seahawks, 
as much as he still wanted to coach, he wanted to leave the franchise even less. So they came to a different agreement, and he's still going to be very much part of the team. Following our season-ending meetings uh, with ownership um, in the planning sessions, it's clear that, uh, and for a variety of reasons, um, we, we have mutually agreed uh, to set a new course and uh, for the club um, to, to take on new leadership. And uh, that's just a decision that's been made, and, and uh, uh, there's a lot that went into that and a lot that went behind that. And uh, uh, for all my guys, I, I think you know how, how much I probably competed uh, for our perspective and, and our standpoint and, and, and all of that. I freaking didn't back off for an instant. And, <laughs> and uh, what's going to happen now is the process will start to get new, new leadership here, and that will be uh, on Johnny's, Johnny's docket. He's going to get after that and, and make that happen with help of ownership and all that, and we'll, we'll be supporting them as much as possibly can happen. I'm so grateful to the coaches uh, that have been with us uh, for so many years. Also, all of the coaches that have been here for the years before um, that put up with my stuff and, and uh, found way, you know, to bring it to life daily. And uh, I have great gratitude for that. <laughs> really, it was really, and I go, I go to, the, it's not just the dedication and the loyalty, it's the freaking juice. <laughs> it's bringing it. <laughs> and I asked a lot of them, and uh, they were good at it, and I appreciate that a lot. So in the first part of that Pete Carroll cut, you hear him say to my guys, and he's talking about his his assistant coaches, his staff, I fought really hard so that we could continue what we started here, so that we could continue with what we were doing. I didn't give up on that. I tried. But then ultimately recognizing, okay, to be with the team, to be with the franchise, is better than to not. And that speaks volumes, doesn't it, about the relationship that he has with them, but also how much they respect him. That they're going to bring in a new head coach and it's going to be okay that Pete Carroll's in the building. It's going to be okay that whatever advisory role Pete fills, and maybe it's not one that has anything to do with coaching. Maybe it's more of an ambassador role. Whatever it is. It speaks volumes of their trust in Pete Carroll and their appreciation for what he's built there, that they still want him around. And that he's willing to do it. So, how many fired head coaches do you know give a press conference in the team facility before they're out the door? And this is a different kind of a relationship between Pete and the Seahawks. I'm surprised. In fact, I was stunned. I'm not sure who they're going to get who can continue what he started, but life comes at you fast in the NFL, and he had 14 seasons, and that is longer than anyone but who? Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick, right? Wait, how? yeah, Tomlin's 16, 17? So now we're waiting on Belichick, speaking of that, or maybe another bombshell somewhere else. Wouldn't you die? Well, don't do that. That's hyperbole. Wouldn't you be blown away if today... It was Jim Harbaugh going to the Raiders. <laughs> or 
No, no, see, we talked about the Alabama tradition, but I can imagine there are a bunch of really high-profile coaches who may throw their hat in the ring for Alabama just to see if they can turn over that rock. Just want to say, here in the New York area, I've already heard Brian Dayball's name being mentioned because he was an offensive coordinator there in mm-hmm. 18, I think it was, or right? 17, so I've already heard his name linked. Well, Dayball, Brian Dayball go to Alabama. Is he understood? Oh, heavens. <sighs> so but it begins. It, Jim Harbaugh is the national championship winner right now, so he's... High on the hog. I've heard, according to Jordan Schultz, a bleacher report, he and the Raiders have mutual interest. Don't do it. John, don't do it. I mean, Jim, sorry. Jim, don't do it. You either, John. <laughs> Just don't do it. <laughs> it's it's uh interesting question, though. What's the most attractive job? Is it Alabama now? We were asking you about NFL head coaching jobs. Then there were seven. Could there be eight? Chicago will not be one of them. Ryan Poles explains why. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. The uh, foundation has been set. You know, the standards are set how we operate. Uh, I do know that. And uh, I do know the locker room. I do know that for sure. And, uh, you know, we we are standing on solid ground of hard work, of of passion for the game and enthusiasm for the game. And uh, we're just going to keep working together to, to build this thing. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Matt Eberflus on Sunday. The Chicago Bears won seven games this season. I guess depending upon your perspective, your expectations. I actually think they succeeded more than I expected them to. I wasn't sure how much had changed this season. I know that they brought in a few more weapons around Justin, and Justin Fields did stay healthy. But I don't know that I had huge expectations for them. I felt like the NFC North was wide open, but to me... It didn't feel like the Bears had taken too many steps forward other than to trade away that number one overall pick last year and get a hole from Carolina in return, but not all of it was going to pay dividends right away. DJ Moore did. I like that that piece of it. Now, Justin ended up missing some time, of course, for what was it, Tyson Bagent? So good. What a good story. <laughs> And and there's the big challenge, right, is how do you keep him healthy? But they rave about the progress that he's made. Uh, Matt himself on Wednesday was talking about the growth in Justin Fields. But has it been a consistent learning curve? Or has he been hampered by the fact that, well, now they've fired their offensive coordinator in Chicago and about to bring in another one? A lot of change, different voices, different ideas, different styles. Remember earlier in the year when he actually said 
I want to play free. I want to use my instincts. I want to be able to do what comes naturally. But coaching is holding me back. I am paraphrasing. But he was asked why things look so disjointed out there. And he said, I think it's coaching. I mean, we remember that. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Justin, by the way, did say goodbye on Sunday in his press conference just in case. Just in case this was the last time that he addressed the media or had to make public comments as a member of the Bears, he wasn't sure. Well, we don't know about that yet because the Bears do have the number one overall pick this season and Caleb Williams is available. But we do know now, courtesy of GM Ryan Poles, that the Bears are sticking with Eberflus. Just in terms of his leadership and stability, I really think that the head coach needs to be able to captain the ship when the seas are storm or the, when these seas have storms and really keep everything settled. Uh, when you go through hard times and you can keep everyone together, to me, that's like the critical piece uh, in a big uh, in a market like this. Like you have to be strong. I mean. If he's jumping off the boat and everyone else starts jumping off the boat, it's a hot mess. So the stability was a big piece of it. At least Ryan gets that part of it. Constant change equals constant losing in sports. So at least he got that part of it. Yeah, you change everything all the time, every year. It's detrimental. And there is something to be said for consistency at the head coaching spot. There is something to be said for stability there. And they like his leadership. It's a hot mess. No, that's not about Eberflus. It's if you would change Eberflus. The Bears picked number one and number nine overall. Ryan Poles had said in the past that he'd have to be blown away to move on from Justin Fields. So that was a year ago. But he was asked about that on Wednesday, and what he said is essentially we're in the same position. I'd have to be blown away. Caleb Williams does blow a lot of people away. There are some who would call him a generational talent. Isn't that what people said about Trevor Lawrence? I mean, he he is an NFL quarterback. Would you put him in the top 10 right now? Ooh, that's a question. That's a good one. I'd have to, I'd have to think about that one. I feel like raw talent and skills, yes. He's really smart. But the way he finished up, how many multiple interception games did he have? Poor decision-making. I didn't love what I saw from Trevor Lawrence in the last, say, six games of the season. I know he was banged up a little bit. But I guess most guys are at that mm-hmm. point of the season. So right. I, th- I would say going into the season, if you ask me if, if Lawrence is a top 10 quarterback, I'd say he's either right there or he will be by the end of the season. But now at the end, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I lean towards he's not. But see, Justin Fields is also a unique talent. Physically gifted. He's big. He's physical. He's, I mean, it's hard to say he's tough because of the various injuries that we've seen. But... He, he is. He's so athletic. He's explosive. I mean, the kind of plays that he makes, very few quarterbacks can. I don't know if you would call him a generational talent, but he's certainly a unique talent. And he was raved about when the Bears got him. They were thrilled. So, yeah, again, the constant change. But how do you pass on Caleb Williams? Do you want to be the team that passes on Caleb Williams? I don't know. If the Jaguars were picking number one overall, do you think they would pass on Caleb? I do. I think they would. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, so they don't 
they're, they're not tipping their hand. If they do know what they're doing at the number one overall pick, they're not tipping their hand. But this actually made me laugh because right after Ryan Poles says they're keeping Matt Eberflus, no joke, this is later in the press conference. We're keeping Matt. Here's why we're keeping Matt. Oh, but have you had any conversations with Jim Harbaugh? I haven't talked to Jim. Brian, why, why is this coach from Michigan? Sorry. Right. Did, did you, he was not a consideration. You did not see him as a... No, like I said, we're, we're going with Matt, and uh, I gave the reasons why. Um, I think go through, you know, I didn't, I didn't go talk to anybody. Duh. I didn't talk to Jim. He's the coach at Michigan. That's what he says. <laughs> it would be worse if he says, oh, yeah, I did talk to Jim. He wanted to come here, but we decided to go with Matt anyway. <laughs> But his, the voice, the tone of voice is, I didn't talk to Jim. I haven't talked to Jim. He's the coach at Michigan. (laughs) So funny. Why is this the coach at Michigan? (laughs) Like, as in, why would I talk to Jim? You dummy. Right, he wouldn't say that. Jerk. I haven't talked to Jim. I haven't talked to Jim. I mean, his voice, he's so dejected. He was all pepped up and fired up about Matt and... This is the direction we're going, and here's why. And then someone asked him about Jimmy's like, I haven't told Instantly questioned the decision. <laughs> but if, if he wasn't the coach of Michigan, if he said he was a vi- I haven't talked to Jim. I haven't talked to Jim. <laughs> it is a complete crap. <laughs> That's what we think. He should have said that, actually. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Darko. I'm hungry. Complete it's crap. Complete. It is a complete crap. I love how he enunciates. That's my favorite part. It's a complete crap. Yes. You are listening to the F. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After Hours Podcast. Hurry back to throw, and it is. Is it tossed? Oh, my goodness, it's tossed. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. Back from under center, steps back, throws the fade. Cooper Cup's got it. Touchdown, LA. Burrow back to throw, looking, firing deep. Chase in the end zone. Oh, He's yeah. got it. Yeah. Touchdown. Yeah. Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Mahomes fires for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Kansas City. And off to Hector again. No, Herbert keeps it. End zone. Touchdown. Chargers. Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. A little prelim, prelim AFC style. If you missed the NFC preview, pre-preview for Super Size Wildcard Weekend, well, you got to hear Jared Goff talk about facing the team that unceremoniously dumped him in Detroit. We're back in the dumpers again. I didn't know it was a poor man's anything. (laughs) Uh, And also Matthew Stafford on his return to Ford Field and what that could be like. So NFC, that was a couple hours ago. Now we're talking AFC through the eyes of the quarterbacks and what dawned on us. I'm not sure I've seen it this way in a long time, or at least I don't recall. 
that the three AFC games are the first three games of the weekend, including the game on Peacock on Saturday night, which I'm still trying to decide about the NFL's strategy. So let's go in order. C.J. Stroud, man of the hour in Houston. And does he know? Does he recognize how challenging it is as a rookie quarterback, especially when he looks around at the other rookie QBs and young QBs? Does he know what a big deal it is for them to win the AFC South this season? I really haven't put no thought to it. Um, I've kind of just... Gone week to week, so I don't really, I don't think I really can to be honest. I mean, it's been cool. It's been a long, long year for me. Been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of growing, a lot of learning. Not only as a football player, but as a man and as a person. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm truly just grateful and, and blessed to be in the position I am. Um, but I'll probably start reminiscing whenever uh, <laughs> February comes around or whenever our season ends. You know. He should have said whenever we win the Super Bowl. <laughs> so the Texans, as the South champions, are hosting the five seed in the Cleveland Browns. And we did not see Joe Flacco in week 18, but he was there. 38-year-old Joe Flacco rides again. This has got to be, if not the best story of 2023. Oh, it's the top three because this is crazy. Uh, as Mark Ross said to us earlier, he was on his couch I don't know, three months ago, and he was out of the NFL. I hope he wasn't eating too many lime chips. That would be what I'd be doing on the couch. Uh, and and chocolate. And now he's got his team into another playoff game. And Amari Cooper was talking about Joe Flacco's playoff experience. He, you know, alluded to the fact earlier in the week that this was his, you know, probably his 16th playoff game. He wasn't quite sure, but <laughs> around that around that number. Um, so, I mean, experience is the best teacher. So, you know, with that said, I think it's going to help a lot. But um, nothing really matters. Like, you have to live in the moment, moment, have to be where your feet are, you know, the past, the future. It's all about the present. So, you know, it's any given Sunday in this league. So I can't really say, but, you know, obviously, hopefully. Obviously, hopefully, that experience makes a difference. Yeah, jury's out. I think experience matters. But not everybody would tell you that. And certainly there are young players and young teams that perform at the highest level in the postseason. But I do think if you have an experienced team, it can give them an edge. If your leadership is experienced, it can give them an edge. And that's what you've got with Joe Flacco. He's a former Super Bowl MVP. He's got a ring already. That counts for something. So that's your game to start off Supersize Wild Card Weekend. It is, in fact, Houston hosting Cleveland. Raise your hand if you thought that would be the first game of the NFL playoffs. Yeah, stop it. None of you, as in none of you. And even if you got half of it right, meaning the Cleveland part, there's got to be very few of you that thought Houston would end up winning the AFC South. That's such a cool matchup of... Cool surprises. Second game is the Dolphins that have Tua healthy, ready to go. His first playoff game with the Dolphins, right? Because last year he didn't play. He was getting healed and getting healthy from the multiple concussions. And so this time he comes in as the leader in the NFL in passing yards in 23. Individual accolades. Super cool. They're, I mean, they're, they're awesome, but 
I mean, if if we we could have won all our games, I would have traded that for <laughs> for that. If if I would have threw for 200 yards the entire season and we would have been 17 and 0, I think anybody would have done done the same. So, yeah, it's cool, but uh, that doesn't that doesn't mean you you won or or you uh, accomplished what you've wanted to accomplish uh, as a team. Remember, Tua played at Alabama. Uh, not a cold weather state, and certainly Miami, not a cold weather locale. So people are making a lot of the fact that it's going to be bitter, and I mean brutal, bone-chilling cold in Kansas City on Saturday night. So what's the coldest temp he's ever been in? I think maybe 20, or like a little lower than 20. That's not cold. Nothing lower than, I would say, 15, so probably like in between there. It was in Seattle. Uh, we played um, an all-star game in high school, and it was, like, raining, and it was bad. It was at night, too, and uh, it was, um, like, it was very windy. <laughs> Terrible. No heaters on the sideline. That is not cold. I keep telling the new hubs that when I let him know the temperatures are dropping, it'll be below freezing, and it's in the 20s. And he makes a face and, and burr. That, that's not even cold. The 20s is not cold No, yet. it's not cold. No. <laughs> In fact, the 20s is kind of balmy for the winter time. That's like normal January. My Should coldest be. dog walk ever. I'm not sure if Moose would even go out in this weather. Penny and I once did a dog walk. I'm not joking. Minus 27 wind chills. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, she was, she was dancing around like it was the middle of spring. I'm wearing seven layers, and she's dancing around like it's the middle of spring. Like a wolf. <laughs> yeah, she's so happy. She loves the cold. Anyway, sorry, Tua. That is not cold, and you are in for it. Uh, that is the big storyline around Saturday night's game. Also, how many people will actually see it since it will be carried on Peacock? <laughs> I get the feeling that the NFL is – this is what I think about the strategy. I could be wrong. But I believe the NFL is hoping that the lure of Patrick Mahomes will drive people to sign up for Peacock. And I believe you can pay a flat fee just to have it for one month or to have it just for this game. So the NFL is taking the money, of course, and hoping that it's Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs, maybe it's Taylor Swift for heaven's sakes, I have no idea, that will attract people to purchase this Peacock. And then maybe not cancel it or stick with it or look or say, ooh, look what else we can get on Peacock. But I think they're hoping that Mahomes, as the reigning NFL MVP, and the Chiefs as the champions will attract more people to, to buy Peacock. Do you think the Taylor Swift aspect had anything to do with them putting the Chiefs on Peacock? I hadn't until you just brought it up. Really? Do you think? See, I hope that the NFL is not that strategic, but what do I know? They're very careful and calculated. I bet you there will be Swifties. Sure. If, if they find out that she's at the game, absolutely people will sign up for Peacock absolutely. just for that That's reason. That's a whole other audience that wouldn't have watched the game that right. might just because to get a good Yeah, and they're <laughs> and obviously extremely passionate. Interesting. Brand loyal, if you will. And if she's on Peacock, they might be on Peacock too. It's After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio. The Chiefs are not starting this season with a bye and will likely have to go on the road if, well, we'll see how the dominoes drop, but they've not played a home postseason or not played a, a road postseason game in the Mahomes tenure. So this is all different. All right.
we played wildcard weekend a couple years ago um, against the Steelers, um, and uh, we were able to win that game. Um, but uh, you just got to be prepared to go. I mean, now it's everybody's records. There's no record. Everybody's going out there to play and to win games, and everybody believes they can win the Super Bowl. Um, so this is when the best football is played, and it's it's all the mistakes are magnified, but all the successes are magnified. And so you just go out there with the mentality, I'm taking one play at a time, um, put my best effort forward, and see what happens. See, I don't in any way think that the Chiefs are intimidated by being on the road. Is it great to be at Arrowhead? Absolutely. I mean, it's intimidating for other teams, but this is a championship team that has won their titles not at Arrowhead. I mean, it's nice to have five straight AFC championship games there, but this is a group of guys, maybe not on the receiving core, though a bunch of them were in the in the Super Bowl last year. It's a group of guys that should be impervious to pressure. At, at the very least, their key guys should be impervious to pressure. Let's go! Ah, ah, ah! Mason Rudolph is getting a big opportunity as the Steelers go into Buffalo, though they are also enormous underdogs. They're a great team, and, um, you know, I guess we're playing on the road, but, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention to the, the spread of you know, not a gambler, but um, we know we got a lot of confidence in ourselves. That is music to the NFL's ears. He is not a gambler because if you are a gambler, Mason, they will find you. <laughs> they will. They will find you. Uh, if I am correct in this, well, he spent his entire career in Pittsburgh. He's not ever played in a postseason game. So this would be the first for him, too. So first for both him and Tua. So that's cool. Uh, For Josh Allen, Bills are peaking at the right time. Five straight wins. The AFC East title. They're on a roll. You want to peak at the right time? Um, I said that already. I think this this football team, we've still got our best ball to play, but we're turning in the right direction. Um, You know, and we're we're very fortunate to to be playing another game. There's a lot of of teams that aren't in the playoffs, a lot of guys that are, uh, you know, not practicing today. so this is a, a very inspired group right now. Um, we just love that we're able to come in here and, and do what we love to do. All right. I'm just about ready. I'm not ready yet. I'm just about ready. It is a weekend that's full of not just the reunions that we've talked about, which really will maybe add a pregame element, but once they're on the field, not as much. Though, man, I cannot wait to see the Matthew Stafford reception there at Ford Field. And it just intrigues me that Matthew was entrenched in the dubious playoff streak and and the Bears, Bears, sorry, the Lions not having a home playoff game in 30 years. How often he heard that every single season, multiple times about how long it's been how long it's been. And now he goes in with another team to extend that streak of utility. Oh, does that feel, do you think he feels bad at all? If you don't root for this guy, something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. I I just, I wonder if he's going to feel like a bit of a gut check over it. All right, we'll talk more tonight. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Boom! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.